0: Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. Listening to an Amber a Day, the Functional Nutrition Podcast. And I'm super psyched because I'm here with one of my clients, actually. Her name is Laura Rowe. And she's going to talk to us today about her experience uh, as a client of Functional Nutrition, which I think is something that is really unique and cool. And you don't often get to hear the stories of, of clients. So uh, we're going to do that today. So, Laura,
1: tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and your diagnosis. So I'm currently a student in ultrasound. I'll be graduating in March. I'm in clinicals right now. Um, So about a little over a year ago, so last September, back in 2018, I was – 2017, sorry. (laughs) I was diagnosed through endoscopy by my GI uh, with eosinophilic esophagitis. That is a really long word to say I was having an allergic reaction to a food, but I wasn't going into anaphylaxis. Um, so my doctor actually recommended that I find somebody, a nutritionist or an allergist or somebody to put me on a diet called autoimmune paleo diet, um, to eliminate foods, to discover what I may or may not be allergic to. So through a friend of my mother's, actually, we found Amber Fisher and she started working with me and the, on the first, uh, time I met her. She went over everything with me. She helped me with how I should eat because I did have foods to cut out, but I also am hypoglycemic, so I had to make sure I got the proper amount of food, the right kind of food throughout the day. So she made the diet work for me, and it's been a great experience. It's been over a year now, and I'm still working on it, but my health has improved drastically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it really has, and we've been just so impressed. I mean, I... I have been so excited watching her um, make all these changes and when we had she had her most recent checkup with the doctor, um, they took a look at her esophagus again. And the difference from the time that she saw the doctor before she started seeing me to that time was, was pretty crazy, right? What 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 did it say?
1: So when I first got diagnosed, I had a number, I had over 100 eosinophils coating my esophagus. But in September, a year later, I had five.
0: Yeah, and that's all just from changing her diet. So I think um, the reason I wanted to, to bring Laura on is because I know a lot of my clients come to see me kind of as a last resort when they go to a lot, you know, having upper GI issues or diagnosed with EOE. I have actually a few clients now that have EOE and um, or these other autoimmune diseases that are related to the esophagus or the upper GI tract. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it just seems like there's not a lot of knowledge out there about how nutrition can really help a lot. And so what was really cool about her experience was that she had a great doctor who stayed up to date on the research and knew that there are some diets out there that, you know, therapeutic diets that are shown to to help this. And so she got referred right away for that. But I know a lot of people out there are suffer, needlessly suffer um, with this stuff and don't really know what to do. And they kind of bounce around from doctor to doctor and it's really frustrating for them. So um Tell me, let's talk a little bit about kind of what that process was like. So I remember when I first met you, uh, you didn't like know anything about nutrition stuff, right? Yeah, This was so so outside your realm. So what was that like for you?
1: So I, growing up, I had a great metabolism. I never had to worry about nutrition. So when I first came to Amber, I actually showed up to her with a large sweet tea from Chick-fil-A. (laughs) And that was super unhealthy. But it was one of those things that I never had to think about before. So meeting with her, she actually talked to me about the healthier way of doing stuff. um, And that was a dramatic change in my diet.
0: Did you have a hard time making all those diet changes?
1: I did. But I stuck. once you stuck with them, it made it a lot easier. Your taste buds became accustomed Mm -hmm. to the changes. And I stopped having these... Cravings for something as sweet as sweet tea. Instead, I would get unsweet tea, and I would use stevia. And I didn't have it nearly as sweet. It was just enough to have a little bit of sugar, but it I cut my it cut my sugar down dramatically. It cut down my fat intake, and it was it was dramatic. But it once I my body got used to the change, I felt so much healthier than mm-hmm. I did.
0: So you noticed like a difference in how you were feeling pretty quickly. Yes. Or okay.
1: Yeah, because the thing is
0: this so what we did with her was um she was referred to do the autoimmune paleo diet which is a diet that's a therapeutic diet that's been studied um not a ton but a little bit for for use with with autoimmune conditions because there has been so much anecdotal uh evidence that it really improves people's symptoms and there's been some studies done on you know that type of diet with autoimmune diseases like um Rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that with really good results. So doctors are kind of starting to refer people with RA for for help with nutrition, but it still hasn't spread out to all the different autoimmune diseases um, yet. But what we did with her was a customized modified approach to that um, to that diet, and and what we what we did that made it. A little bit less crazy was um, we went ahead and did food sensitivity testing first and I like to do that with people just because I don't like to take things away unless I have to um, or at least for a short period of time yeah. so when once we had those food sensitivity results in front of us we kind of got a good idea not just of uh, what was triggering her immune system but also um, what the health of her gastrointestinal tract was looking like. Because if people come back on those food sensitivity tests with a lot of stuff on there, it kind of indicates that things are really degraded in the lower uh, you know, uh, gastrointestinal tract. So that was good you know, that she was willing to kind of... What I liked about them and about what, what you always like as a nutritionist is when people come in and they're ready. You know, they're ready to just find the answers and get to work. Um, and so they, you know, they made it a priority and, um, did all the testing up front, which I think is really the way to do it. It is. So that, you know, when we made her diet, it was fully customized for her and, um, she was able to stick with it better. But I've done the autoimmune paleo diet myself. Now I won't say I've never done it for a year. I've done it (laughs) for like a month. Just every diet I recommend, I always try it out on myself because I don't feel like I can speak to how it makes it might make a person feel unless I've tried it myself. And um, so I've done the AIP, as they call it, but um, what's impressed me so much about her uh, and some of my other clients who have been on this for a long time is just the determination to stick with it. Like, And so I'm just kind of wondering what that's like for you, you know, being a young woman who's got like a lot going on because you're in school and while you're doing your clinicals and all that, how do you manage
1: all these food sensitivities at the same time that you do all of that? It makes it easier because when I first saw Amber, I was on two acid reflux medications. I was on one that is considered top of the line and I had to take another one on top of that because the top of the line best you could get was not enough for me. Once I got off that second medication, I only have the one right now, it made going through this diet so much easier. It made me wanting to go grocery shopping. I had no issue f- wanting to get the foods that are going to make me feel better because I did not want to come back into that person that required two acid reflux medications. It's hard to balance, but if you if you get, if you put yourself as a priority, you'll find the time. Um, and so I found I try and find the time anytime I can throughout the week. And I go into the grocery store, I go onto Pinterest, find recipes. Amber got me a wonderful cooking book that I use. Um, that had wonderful recipes, and you can make food that tastes just as good, but they're not as unhealthy for you that is going to affect your acid reflux or other issues that go on inside your digestive system.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially with a therapeutic diet like that, the cool thing is that there are so many people suffering from these conditions nowadays because it's just become more and more common that there's all these resources out there. I mean, free resources and then cookbooks and things like that. And while they may be stricter or not quite strict enough in some ways, depending on your custom issues, you know, at least you have something to kind of spring off of. And you can – and I think a lot of people, um, they're not interested in in dieting uh, to the point of, like, weight loss and stuff. Um, And so they kind of hesitate because – And what I usually do is combine those two things because it's easy to combine them. But it is possible to do this and not not lose any weight at all or even gain weight, you know. You just have to have the right macronutrient balance for what you need. And I know a lot of my clients who are dealing with autoimmune issues, they do come in and they are underweight. And so the problem with them is not getting them to lose, but rather getting them to, to gain. And that can be tough when your immune system is working against you. But, you know, this kind of stuff is really separate from weight. You know, you can get healthier, feel better, and all that stuff without losing any weight at all. And so I think, you know, if it's too overwhelming for you to think about uh, – dieting and all you can really think about is these are my food restrictions and I'm going to cut them out and this is what I can eat, then, uh, you know, that's good enough in a lot of ways to see a lot of progress.
1: It is. It helps a lot being able to know what to cut out because even though you're going to eat food that like you're not maybe necessarily focusing on dieting to lose the weight, you're going to still feel better. Because right. you're not going to have all these issues being flared up by the foods you're restricted by. That you cannot have.
0: Right. And that was so cool. When you were like... we. I remember that process, you know, when, when you got off the first medication. Mm-hmm. We were like, yes! <laughs> She's off of one of them. And then, are you still on the other one still? Or are you? I am. Yeah.
1: But it's just because I've been on it for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... One of those things that I can't go from, because it only has one dosage. Right. So I can't cut it in half. And so it's one of those things that we're waiting until my doctor, because I have another endoscopy scheduled for next year. She wants to feel super confident before taking me off that one, so we don't flare everything back up. Right,
0: exactly. (laughs) So it's a process, but, you know, I think a lot of people, when they're diagnosed with different conditions, they just sort of think, this is it. Yeah. Like this is my life now and I'm going to be on all these medications and there's nothing I can do. I have no power or control. And, um, you know, while her life is always going to be a little bit more complicated than the average person. Um, she's really taken back her power from this disorder. Instead of saying, I give up, let, you know, let this thing control my life. She's taken her control back. And I'm so proud of her for that. Cause you know, that's tough to do. And even that's tough for for people who you know don't work and they've got like money to play with and all this stuff. But when you're young and you're like, you know, you're you've got stuff going on, man. It's tough. So I'm proud of her. But <laughs> I think that's that's one of the issues that we let get in the way, and it really shouldn't. You know, psychologically, we as a as a country, we just have this defeatist attitude about about our diagnosis. You know, we let those things define us. We say, I have this, or I have that condition. And really, you know, most chronic diseases, um, have, can be improved at least. I won't say cured because, you know, there are some things that, that there's no cure for or anything, but, but nutrition plays such a huge role in how good you feel. And, uh, your quality of life and if you just take some of your control back god don't you feel a lot better
1: i do i feel so much better um i don't feel as fatigued as i used to i don't feel as gross as i used to because i mean i used (laughs) i mean i used to eat like chips and i'd have like fried foods all the time and like it just it makes you feel kind of gross it made me feel gross inside now that I'm replacing, like, snacks with fruits and vegetables and I'm not having the fried food, I'm going for the grilled chicken instead. And every once in a while I treat myself. But it I do. I feel so much healthier than I used to.
0: Do you feel like, I mean, you, I know you said your taste buds change with regards to mm-hmm. sweetness. But if I remember right, vegetables were not your favorite. Have you kind of started to
1: like some i have actually i have started to like vegetables this is the girl who used to eat potatoes as a vegetable (laughs) (laughs) and um i've been increasing we will do steamed veggies at my house now and i'll do mixed veggies and i've had i've cooked up asparagus (laughs) yeah i've i've increased my i've improved or changed how my horizon i've improved it I
0: yeah see this is the first time i've seen her since september so we're catching up yeah to you while we're, while we're talking here. i'm very impressed with that yeah yeah you know that's one thing that's probably the hardest thing it is for my clients is eating their vegetables because vegetables you know no matter what way you look at it are so important for yeah. healing because they have so many health properties and they're you just can't you can't Juice it away. You can't make a powder. Those things can help, but you've got to eat your veggies. Yeah. And um, but a lot of people just don't like the taste. Yeah. You know, and I I get that because I wasn't raised eating a lot of vegetables, and I don't particularly like the taste either. But over the years, mm-hmm. I've kind of forced myself to yeah. eat them, and you do start to develop a taste for stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, take heart if you're one of those people who's struggling with eating vegetables that. Just keep trying because eventually your taste buds will change. Yeah, and do know?
1: small increments. There's no shame in having like one, two carrots, and then increasing that. There's no shame in that. That's how I started. Was I had two, three pieces of asparagus, and asparagus is definitely a different taste. But now I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can eat this, and you I'll know, go and cook it.
0: That's really good advice, actually. I I've never uh, thought about it that way, and uh, I'm gonna take that. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's true. I mean, just make it. You know, you may not be able to eat two cups of it, but hey, if you can eat a couple of them, yeah. it's better than nothing. Yeah. And you get the taste and you kind of get, get used to it. I think they say, and this may be an old wives' tale because I don't know, but they say your taste buds change every like seven years I've or I've heard something. that too. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. But yeah.
1: I've even discovered because there's things that I knew I didn't like that I went ahead and tried, and I'm like, oh, this isn't actually it's bad. Not so bad. And so it's just one of those things where when maybe when you t- try it, oh, this isn't so bad, or I'm not a big fan of it, but just a little bit, like maybe once a week, twice a week. So I would just do it a little bit, and you would can change it up. I would do a little bit of broccoli one day, a little bit of carrots. Like, change it up. And so that way eventually you start building up, and you're like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it would.
0: Yeah, and another good thing to do is take, take something that you like and then mix in something you don't like with it. Yes. Like if you like um, – Broccoli, but you don't like carrots. You can do like a stir fry, mm-hmm. right? And have broccoli and onion and those kind of things that are typically people like a little bit better. And then put just like a little carrot in there, so it's like okay,
1: you get a little. I got to eat that yeah. carrot,
0: you know, but it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, because you mix it in with something you like, and the taste goes away quickly.
0: Yeah. Or um, I remember when I was trying to teach myself to like vegetables in college, and if you're listening, Margot Shipley, then you're gonna crack up. But, um, so I hated, I hated vegetables with a passion and, uh, but I had a good friend, my best friend in college and she was just a natural vegetable eater. She loved it. She was actually, she was so much healthier than me. She's actually the person who inspired me to, to, uh, even start thinking about nutrition. And anyway, so, so I was telling her, you know, I really want to learn how to uh, eat vegetables. So what I did was I'd get salads because i liked spinach more than lettuce mm-hmm. it was a texture thing so and I, I would get a crouton and then i'd wrap a piece of spinach around the crouton and i would eat that and that's how i kind of taught myself to like be okay with spinach and it, it was silly like i remember everyone would laugh at me because it was like so ridiculous <laughs> that I could only eat one piece of spinach. But seriously, I mean, the taste of spinach used to make me nauseous, yeah. and so that's how a lot of people are. You know, vegetables and things make them nauseous, which is crazy to me because our body needs them yeah. so much. I don't know why our body would re- like our taste buds would reject that, yeah. except that there are so many foods available now that are so hyper palatable that we just naturally prefer them. Yeah, you know, it's the whole we call it the the trifecta in nutrition. It's um, salt, sugar, and fat. Mm-hmm. And almost everything you get at a restaurant uses those three principles to make it taste so good that you naturally want to eat more. Yeah. So
1: and it makes it hard to when you do go to a restaurant and you're like, oh this because you remember, oh I used to love eating this and then you were like, well I can't have that right now. So let me go ahead and you try and find something. And it does take time, it does take work and it you may not enjoy like my for me I didn't enjoy my diet right at the beginning. But you find foods that you can enjoy, and it makes things so much easier. Um, For me, I had a lot of coconut products, and we got food. And once I found some different products that I can mix in, it just made everything taste so much better. Um, Because it does, like, sometimes you might feel like you're stuck in a rut, but if you change it up just a little bit, you'll you'll be able to go forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think people do get stuck in ruts with these specialty diets because you're... You feel so limited. Mm -hmm. And really, you have a lot of options. But, you know, Americans, we think about, you know, we just eat a few things. We eat chicken, uh, maybe turkey, beef, and pork. Yeah. You know, but there are other meats out there, you know. Like, what about duck? Or what about, um, you know, there's different cuts of these meats, too, that can make things more exciting. Seafood. Um, And then we've got... um, You know, there's all kinds of different vegetables that people are so hesitant to try. You can do so much with Mm -hmm. cauliflower now um, that people used to not even think about cauliflower. Mm. But, you know, Americans, it's like, okay, we eat tomatoes. Maybe we eat broccoli, asparagus, onions. That's carrots. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And potatoes. Lots of potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) And I love potatoes, so I won't hate on potatoes. But but there's a lot out there, you know. And look at other, um, other cultures, too. One thing I have to say... Um, I'm not vegan. I do work with a couple of uh, vegetarian, vegan clients. But um, the vegans and vegetarians, they've been doing this a long time, and they are great at making vegetables taste good. They so are. sometimes I will go on Google, and I'll just Google, you know, vegetarian side dishes or, or um, you know, vegetarian dishes or whatever, and you can use those as sides but they're so good at, at making um, vegetables really not even taste like vegetables. I yeah. mean, they, they can make them taste awesome because yeah. they know how to use the, the different flavors of herbs and spices. And that's what you got to do. you got to make things exciting. Because yeah. otherwise, you'll get stuck in this rut of just steaming everything, and that's so boring. yeah. You know, Which, if you're looking to lose weight, I'll tell you what the research says <laughs> is that the more bland your food is, the more weight you'll lose. And I, I think that's just purely because... It's not exciting, so you don't want to eat it. (laughs) But but that seems to be the consensus. So, you know, if that's what you're going for, maybe don't make things too exciting. But, you know, I think if you look at um, different cultures like um, Indian food, for example, a lot of us don't think about using Indian spices in our cooking, you know, like curry and all that. Um, But it can make a big difference with um, vegetables because primarily as a culture, they're vegetarian. So, you know. They've come up with a lot of ways to make it taste good. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, it's something to think about. So tell me what... Okay, so we talked a lot about your experience, mm-hmm. you know, with the functional nutrition. But what was, your, what, what was it like before you got diagnosed? Like, how did you know
1: something was wrong? I had acid reflux 24-7. I, I could not get rid of it. And, I mean, I, personally, I did not think of doing a different approach to how I was eating. I would still eat things like mac and cheese and <laughs> all the wonderful unhealthy foods that are known to flare up my acid reflux, um, but I had, I've had acid reflux since I was a kid before we knew that it was acid reflux. I didn't actually get diagnosed until I was in high school, um, but when I got diagnosed, you know, I took my medication, everything was fine, I was, I was, everything was still under control, I got into college and I don't know what happened. A switch got flipped in my body and I, it just went out the roof and it was bad acid reflux. I was taking, I was constantly eating Tums. I was, I would take my acid reflux medication. I did get to a point where I was staying away from certain things like caffeine, but I would still like, I still ate unhealthily. Um, and so it just, I knew something was wrong. So i when I got in with my GI, it took a while to get in, but I made sure to get in with her she scheduled an endoscopy because I am considered young for even something like this. And she, as soon as she did the endoscopy, she they saw my esophagus was just it looked like a cobblestone. My esophagus did. Now a year later, my esophagus looks normal. My acid reflux is back under control. <laughs> I just take the one pill. I don't have any tums or anything like that, and everything's been so much better. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's great. I mean, that's such a success story because it's just you know to go from where you were suffering, in pain, having to chew on tongues yeah. like they were candy, yeah. and then to now where you go and have your endoscopy and the, it just looks normal. Yeah. You have to wait for the, like, biopsy results to even know what's going on yeah. there. I mean, that's so cool. And that was just in the course of a year, which really is a relatively short time. Yeah. Um, but I, I found that interesting what you were saying because you were saying you didn't know what happened when you went to college. It was probably, and this is very common in autoimmune disease, that was probably your trigger moment. Okay. Because the stress okay. of starting school yeah. for the first time is so scary. So much stress on your body. And what, what uh, usually happens in autoimmune disease is that people um, lead relatively normal lives. You know, they may have kind of symptoms in that direction, but they're not diagnosed with anything. And then a very stressful moment or period of time happens to them and it triggers the progression of the disease. So all of a sudden things just get worse and worse and yeah. worse until they have to go to the doctor and figure out what's going on yeah. with them. So um but but triggers can be all kinds of things. Um but a lot of times they're stress in fact most of the time they're stress related. You know, either um a death or, you know, starting yeah. college would be a big one. Um, you know, even I've had people who, who were diagnosed and I ask them, I always try to figure out what's the trigger moment. And, um, they'll say, oh, you know, I wasn't like, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. I wasn't particularly stressed out, but there are certain people that live at a higher level of stress and don't even realize Yeah. if you are um, a nurse, a teacher, uh, I've just noticed that those types of people tend to be more, um almost a, the type A personality where you get a lot done and you don't feel stressed, but yet your body is stressed, you know? So part of the recovery from any autoimmune condition is also learning to de-stress and uh, to relax and all that, which is not easy. No, <laughs> have, you, uh, have you had any luck in that
1: department? I have. Um, I've been so... I have a diffuser, and I use essential oils (laughs) that I release that I use to help with stress because I know there's times, especially when it comes to big tests, that you're just going to get stressed. And as much as you try and relax, it's a big test. It's going to stress you out. And so, like, I'll use something like that, and it does kind of help me calm down and focus a little bit more um, than it used to. And I think now that I actually know my issues – I'm less stressed even though it can be hard to live with I feel less stressed because I'm feeling better
0: yeah well, you feel like you have like some control over it too like you know if you do something like what you did kind of or like we were talking the other day, or today, because um, she was like, "Yeah, I tried walnuts the other day, and yep, I'm allergic to walnuts." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, okay, but but you know, you you're at this place now where you can recognize those. Yes, names. whereas before, with everything else in your system, you wouldn't have been able no. to tell. You know, my
1: body wasn't able. My body was trying to tell me. But I couldn't recognize it because it just told me in a way of increasing my acid reflux. Right. Which I already had. So I didn't, I was like, okay. And so I didn't know what to do. And so once we figured out the diagnosis and we got the program I needed to do and then I started the program, it was a little bit of a process and it took a bit to get used to, but it took me about, for me, my, it took me about two weeks to get, to get, to see real results um, but within that first week, my acid reflux went down. Mm-hmm. But like two weeks was when it, like everything, just kind of like started to decompress inside my body. It felt like <laughs> I remember because I was seeing Amber weekly and we were doing everything. And I, I remember like we were just seeing the results, and it was it's happened pretty quickly. And yeah. seeing the results helped me stick. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, and
0: that was that was the cool. That's the benefit of of a condition like yours is that you know it, it's so heavily food allergy and food sensitivity based Mm -hmm. that when you can get those things out of your system it's like you almost see immediate results. Yes. Whereas certain other autoimmune conditions, um, I'm thinking of like lupus in particular are a little bit more, they may be, um, you know, chemical based or, um, there could be other things kind of triggering them that make it more difficult to pinpoint. Although I would say that no matter what autoimmune condition you've got going on, there is almost always a food sensitivity at play. Almost always. So it's worth looking into. It is. But, um, so one thing you said that that I really wanted to touch on was that you were talking about how you had so much going on in your system that your body um couldn't tell you when it when you ate something that it didn't like. Mm-hmm. Instead, it would just tell you by increasing your acid reflux, but it was kind of like you couldn't connect it or pinpoint it to anything. And that is such a common experience. If you've got, um, so the way that a lot of this stuff works is if you've heard of something called intestinal permeability or leaky gut, that's the common term for it, um, little particles of food get into the bloodstream and trigger the immune system. Um, They trigger the creation of antibodies because you're not supposed to have particles of food in your bloodstream. You know, your body's like, what? So um, it gets mad at you. But what I've noticed, and again, this is just anecdotal, but what I've noticed with my autoimmune clients is that it seems like a lot of them don't really have a lot of digestive issues like diarrhea, constipation. Instead, their body kind of tells them you're eating something wrong by flaring up the autoimmune condition. Mm -hmm. And so our body, it's like, it's almost like, you know, I can't abort this process of digestion every single time because you're eating this stuff at every meal. So as the body's thinking, I'm just going to find a different way to figure this out or process this. And so it like almost lashes out at you in different Mm -hmm. ways. And it's so hard when you're eating all of these different things to try pinpoint what exactly is it that's causing this issue if you even think of it as being diet related yeah. at all and I know a lot of people they don't even associate diet with with their issues you know they just think it's like a genetic problem or you know um, whatever but it absolutely has a lot to do with diet and so if you can kind of do an elimination um, or better yet test your sensitivities or both, which is really the kind of the best protocol, then you, you get this beautiful gift, um, which is that when you eat something, and you have to think of it as a gift because it also could be considered a curse. But when you eat something that your body doesn't agree with, it'll tell you yes. right away. Whereas before, it'd be like maybe you'd have acid reflux like three days later mm-hmm. from something you ate and you'd have no idea. Where now, if you eat something bad, I'm pretty sure you probably feel it right away, right? I do,
1: and and that's what happened with the walnuts. I've also discovered almonds. I used to have this granola that I would put into Greek yogurt. That was a honey almond granola. I cannot longer eat that because when we tried almonds with me, it took about later that day. We, I, she has me enter it in a couple times a day. I started to feel weird, and it was it was, a, it was a feeling in my throat and in my tongue, like how before you go into anaphylaxis. Um, and so I stopped eating the almonds, and the same thing happened with the walnuts. I had I just had a couple walnuts, and I, I started to feel that way again. Um, I do keep an EpiPen on me at all times in case because we are we are dealing with possible with different food allergies. Um, so I have an EpiPen with me at all times, but I haven't needed to use it yet. But I have. With this diet, we have discovered foods that I previously ate that I'm actually allergic to and I never knew I was, like, an actual anaphylactic allergic to. Right. Um, I know another issue I had that we did notice, I retained a lot of water. I gained so much weight. I had retained so much water because we were able to do all my content, and with my diet, we were seeing my water, like, intake, or not intake, but retention, going down. Yeah. And... That was a good increase, dramatic increase as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've noticed that a lot with with autoimmune disease that they they carry a lot of extra water, and I think it's just another one of those ways that the body's reacting mm-hmm. to that stuff. But but you're not the first person that's told me too that, um, you know, they discovered food allergies that they did not realize mm-hmm. that they had um, because there are people out there. Uh, who eat foods that they are actually allergic to, and what food sensitivity and food allergy are two different yes. things. Yes. So with Laura, we're talking about both of these things because she's got both going on. But a food allergy is, of course, much more serious, and it's it's a type of condition where you you know you don't ever get that food back. You can't eat it again yeah. because the more you're exposed to it, the worse the allergy becomes. Right. So, but there are people who live their lives with food allergies who uh, and I, I can think of a couple people in particular who continue to consume those foods and your body, you know, eventually, I don't know if, the, if it's gonna get worse or what, but but it's like their bodies kind of figure out a different way to, to deal with yeah. it besides putting you into anaphylaxis. Yeah. Um, but yet that allergy is still there and it's still affecting your system. Yeah. I had somebody tell me um, when they, when they got rid of their food allergies finally that they felt like, uh, they were coming out from a dark tunnel, you know, because it's just like a fog mm-hmm. that it puts your body in. So, um, or uh, I've seen even chronic exhaustion be related to food sensitivities or food allergies. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways that your body can tell you that something's wrong. But, but food sensitivity, um, that's a separate issue, and yes. that's one of those things where... If you can figure out what you're sensitive to, and then and cut it out of your diet for a while, and do some good like healing protocols with supplements and things like that, um, the hope is the idea is that you can repair your gut balance, and then you should be able to eat those foods again. So that you know that's that kind of the idea. And with Laura, we've been able to do that with mm-hmm. several foods. Yes,
1: yeah, we discovered so with the testing she had previously mentioned, we discovered foods that I was sensitive to. For me, I also, with certain things such as the almonds, I had a cross, I guess, cross-contamination where it became an allergy as well. Um, with me, I had, an, with with having eaten almonds my entire life, at some point, I developed that allergy not knowing when. Um, but With that blood test, when we found out what I was sensitive to, um, we cut those things out of my diet. And we cut them out for... Uh, I think it was, we started out with about six weeks, but what we started entering in was the stuff that I had a very, very low sensitivity to. um, And I'm still working on it today. I still have sensitivities that I'm working on adding in because there are things when you're more sensitive to them. Like for me, I find out if I'm still sensitive just by acid reflux versus going into anaphylaxis. Um, and so that's how I'm able to tell the difference. So there's foods that I'm eating that like we've tried and it's like, oh, my acid reflux kind of flared up. Okay, we'll cut that out a little for a while longer. We'll, and then we'll hold off to let my system kind of recuperate because I irritated it and then start adding another something else back in. And so it's a slow process, but knowing whether or not something's going to cause whether acid reflux or go into anaphylaxis or if you're not going to have an issue with it anymore, is a wonderful thing to find out because it allows you to know what you can eat and you're going to feel good.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's even if, you know, we've had a couple disappointing moments Mm -hmm. where, where we thought she was ready to add something back in and then we tried it and it didn't work. Um, But the cool thing is that her body tells her right away now. And so we know, and uh, you know, at least we know, and this, this healing process can take a long time. And, you know, I've been honest with her and I'll be honest with y'all that sometimes there are foods that you may never get back, you know, or it may be years uh, right now. We're at over a year of this process. (laughs) And we're, the cool thing is we're getting now into these stuff, the stuff that came back as really strong sensitivities. So we're starting to experiment with things that, um, you know, are, we're like kind of nervous about, but but we got, you know, we got to try and we got to challenge the system. But, um, we're hopeful that eventually we'll get we'll get everything back besides the stuff that she's allergic to, and if nothing else, then we'll discover you know what her true food allergies may be yeah. and stuff
1: like that. So, and it's nice too because I've able I've been able to find good replacements. Like for me, I can't have dairy, but coconut milk, cashew milk—they've been great replacements for me. And honestly, I can't tell a difference. They're they're thin. They're, I mean, there's coconut canned milk, so that's thicker. So there's but there's a cashew boxed milk that comes off the shelf. Um, and I just use that. I can make some breakfast smoothies. I make a breakfast protein shake with it. Um, I can't tell the difference when I use it. I mean, I know. it's just as yeah. good. <laughs> I haven't,
0: I haven't really, um, I haven't drank milk in, in years and years, just purely because um, personally I'm lactose intolerant, and then also uh, I have a food sensitivity to whey, but you know, it's there's so many good replacements now. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't even miss it. I mean, I even saw at the, um you know, they have all those like healthy ice creams now. Yes, they've got Ben and Jerry dairy free Ben and Jerry's. I now. didn't
1: know that. I knew that there yes. was a um. don't go so deli- it. No, I'm not. I'm not. There's a so delicious one that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, you need to try that. I will. will. It's it's going to be a little... Because I am am to a point now where I want to diet as well, so that's why we're talking about not getting the ice cream. (laughs) Um, But but I'm the kind of person where I know if I treat myself a little bit, I won't binge.
0: Yeah, right. So go get... Get some because they come in the kind of yeah the, the little containers. pint and I can just do a I've couple of samples mm-hmm. okay they've got H-B. like a fudge brownie and all Ooh. that I may have to cut this out because it was, like, sounds like we're promoting I know injury, so. but uh, <laughs> but yeah they've but, got a lot of like there's got so many options now these non dairy ice creams and all this stuff that tastes really good I I don't know yeah. I. And I haven't had milk in a long time, so I guess maybe I'm not a good person to ask, but I can't really tell the difference.
1: As someone who had milk last year, (laughs) I can tell you that it is as good as it might be a little bit harder. I just put it in the microwave for about 15 seconds, soften Mm -hmm. it up. I don't taste the difference. There's no texture difference. There's no taste difference. Um, And so it makes it, it makes it taste good. So if you're that kind of, if you do need to cut out dairy, there's there's plenty of options out there for you.
0: Yeah, I in fact I think dairy is one of the easiest things to cut out, really. And I know people think, "Oh my gosh, that's so hard." But that's more just because uh, we love dairy. You know, we love cheese and we love milk and cheesecake and all and cream cheese and all that stuff, but dairy is not often added to products in a sneaky way. Now yeah. sometimes whey is, but but overall, dairy is pretty easy to cut out if you're determined mm-hmm. to cut it out. The harder things to cut out are like eggs and yeah, those know, are those, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, those are the harder things to get rid of. But the dairy was the easiest one for me. I'm not a big – I was never a big milk person. The, the thing that was hard for me was yogurt, but there's coconut milk yogurt. Yeah, true. It's so good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's like, you know, if you're worried because um, you've tried this whole um, elimination diet thing, even like – even five to ten years ago, if you tried this and it was just really difficult, you, you've you got to try it again because the, our culture has changed so much. We We're just really investing in healthy products and products that are meant for people who are eliminating food groups. And it's just become a lot easier to do this stuff, I it, think. It has, and I know it
1: has because – so my family – Has some issues. They have celiac, and so for a time frame, they thought my mom had celiac, so she had to go gluten free. And this was back when I was in beginning years of high school. So this was back in the like early two thousands. Watching her try and find stuff to eat, she was miserable. All the bread was hard. She couldn't. She couldn't enjoy her food. She was miserable. She'd rather just eat the food and feel miserable inside than eat the not eat the food that didn't make her miserable. Now that I've had to do this diet. But she's even eating the foods I'm eating. She's cooking the same foods I'm cooking, and she's loving it. And it's got the food. It's got – I have gluten-free foods. I'll have dairy-free, and she's loving it. Um, And so there's – I. so I can tell you that it has, in fact, changed, and there are yeah. so many good foods out there.
0: There's a ton of options. And this stuff, you know, I won't say it's not difficult. No. But, again, if you're dealing with a a – health condition that makes you feel miserable and you know that there's some light at the end of the tunnel and you could feel better and not just feel better, but actually like have your blood work come back better yeah. <laughs> and have your biopsies come back better and even get off maybe some of your medications, yes. you know, why, why would you not
1: do it? I don't yeah, know. So I mean, feeling better is the end goal and it was crazy too. So last year when they did my biopsy, you know, they tell you, oh, you might have a sore throat cause they're taking some of your tissue. I, I was fine. And I think it's because my esophagus was pretty much hardening up. This year, I had a sore throat for about a week because they took a biopsy and they had to take it. And I was like, because I, I couldn't remember last year having so many issues, and they're like, oh, you, it's probably because your esophagus is better. And I was like, that actually makes me feel proud Yeah, that I'm hurting. <laughs> I love this sore throat. And, like, I don't mind having the sore throat because that means my esophagus is how it's supposed to be. And for that to happen in a year was an amazing process and both of us were just over the moon when we found out i got my results in the mail about two three weeks later i could not stop smiling
0: that made my week i was just like yes finding out yeah well yeah and then what i told yeah what i told her is that really i am just so proud of her because yeah i'm you know i've kind of figured out what was going on and made the meal plan and all that stuff. But she and her family <laughs> too did all yes. the hard work. Yes. Like that's the day in, day out. That's the real work is <laughs> saying, okay, I'm going to wake up today, and I'm not going to eat this, and I'm not going to eat that, and I'm going to eat these foods that you know I don't even like and, and challenge myself to like things that I don't yeah. like and all that stuff. I mean, that's hard, it's, so I'm yeah. proud. But. but
1: I'm happy, too, because going with Amber, she was such a good support system. I could text her anytime I needed to asking her questions. She was there for me through this whole process. Without her, I honestly don't know what I would do she because cry. There were foods that I was like, I don't know what to eat and she's like, well, here's some suggestions and she Oh, she helped me so honestly, without her I wouldn't be here. I'm not going to lie. Aww, you're so sweet. <laughs> like my family and everything, like I know I did the work, but she was the, she was a big support system for y'all, me. I love
0: y'all. I love your whole family, all <laughs> <God, it's laughs> your sweeties. But no, you know, and just to put it out there if you are a client of mine or become a client of mine that's one thing that i do really try to do no matter how busy i get is uh try to be there for you um answer your texts as much as possible because i know that this stuff is confusing if especially if you're new to it Mm -hmm. it's very very confusing and uh, you know i just from the years of of liking and following up on nutrition and just Keeping up to date with it, I just know a lot of stuff. It's yeah. just in my head there, just waiting to be it shared. Is. So, it is. I'm like, blah, blah, <laughs> I, you know, I can I can spout off different stuff. So if you ever have a question, you know, don't hesitate to ask me because I'm definitely here. Speaking of questions, <laughs> I really want to answer you guys' nutrition questions on the podcast. So if you have any, and it doesn't me, it doesn't have to be about any particular topic. Just any nutrition question that you have, um, or you know, a question for me, I don't know, non-nutrition related, we'll see what they are, but I may answer them. Um, just email me at anamberadaypodcast at gmail.com um, Well, thank you, Laura, for being here. Yes, thank you. This was fun. It was. And uh, if you guys uh, have any questions for Laura, let me know and I'll pass them along to Yes,
1: us. I'll answer any of your questions. I know it can be very confusing. Yes,
0: <laughs> it definitely can. Um, so, Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye. If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.